0: You are listening to episode 26. This episode is brought to you by my new course, How to Dominate LinkedIn with Your Personal Brand. Do you feel like when you're on the LinkedIn platform, you're not really sure how to actually navigate it? Does it feel clunky or confusing? And do you have all these connections, but you're not sure how to really leverage those connections and how to really show up virtually in presenting your personal brand? Well, that is what this course is about. Because since September, I've gone from 1,500 connections to about 8,000 connections on LinkedIn. Not only that, I've gotten clients through my content and people have actually reached out to me to speak for virtual speaking engagements. So if this is something that you would really like to capitalize on and take advantage of and learn about, then this course is definitely for you. And you can learn about it more in my show notes and I will have the link to the waitlist just for you. And now on with the show. My next guest, Travis Perry, is fascinated with the concept of balance. How to have a balanced view on money and finances and to talk about it in a healthy way. How money actually affects relationships. He's also fascinated with the balance of academic research and how it actually reaches people in the real world and how to create the bridge of that. In this episode, we're going to talk about the value of work-life balance. And as we know, with COVID-19, we've been forced to come up with new strategies on how to have productivity and success while really spending time with our families. It's made us really look at this in a totally new and dynamic way. So although this episode was actually recorded in January, it is so relevant to what we are all dealing with right now. And I know you're going to learn a lot from Travis Perry. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, piano O'Brien. welcome back everyone to the okiki podcast i'm really excited to share with you some brand new guests with you know brand new ideas and things to bring to us this time so today i get to interview dr travis g perry and he is actually the founder of make time institute and he has earned several degrees in family and social science and his goal is to uh, help people with goal achievement and family relationships and to really help uh, business owners to as they're getting productive to actually make time for their goals and their family relationships which is such a cool topic uh, to cover (laughs) personally as a business owner making that space can be quite difficult. So uh, thank you for coming on the show today and I'm so excited to hear about the wisdom you have to share with my audience.
1: Thank you for inviting me Feiyan and thank you for allowing me to spend some time with your audience.
0: Awesome. So please uh, let us know Travis how did this become an area of focus for you? What was your actual like I know you talked about how you have several degrees, so what is your actual like educational background, and what journey did you take to actually find this and and pick this as an area of interest?
1: Oh, thank you uh, yeah, a quick you know reader's digest version of this. if you want to know more, I can give you more details, but really the short of it is that I was fascinated because I grew up in a home where money really wasn't understood, talked about, and it's something that Kind of my family argued about, and it was scarce. I grew up in a big family, and so I thought, you know, I'm going to figure this. I'm going to figure this out. And I started college. Um, no one in my family had ever finished a college degree. Uh, several were smart enough and bright enough to do it, but we ended up getting caught up in family businesses and other opportunities and never finished. Uh, so I knew I needed to go to college. Uh, so I, I was the first perry in my lineage to actually go to college and finish a degree and while i was there i realized that i needed to do something with money and so i became a financial advisor and began my path toward financial planning and that those are really two different paths a financial advisor is someone who sells financial services a financial planner has to be certified and trained and so i began that process Mm. Um, and so it was fascinating to me and i loved it i loved working with my clients Uh, However, I realized that I wanted to do more than just money and financial goals because it's related to relationships, it's related to life goals, and I got really excited about helping people not just achieve their financial goals, but everything. So I went to trainings, I went to uh, uh, coaching sessions, I hired coaches, I looked at time management. I even went to work for a personal development company and decided that I wanted to do my own thing. In order to do that, I thought, well, I need to have some credentials. I didn't wanna just be some guy starting a business you know, with his own ideas. Uh, I wanted to have it legitimate and evaluated. And so I made the decision to after finishing my bachelor's degree, go back and get two graduate degrees. So I have a master's in psychology I really want to know motivation. What makes people tick? And at the end of that uh, degree, I found that relationships are the number one motivator. Being a parent and having a spouse that loves you and you love them, those are the two highest motivating factors in life. And so I made the decision and took my family of, I think at the time we were a family of six, now we're a family of eight, Um, I took them back to school with me. And I said, You guys are coming, we're gonna do a PhD. And so I finished my PhD in family relations in 2016. And the Make Time Institute was born out of my research in helping families there.
0: Wow, that's so interesting. (laughs) So interesting that you found those were the top two motivators. And then um, also how you can tie that back to money because. I'm sure you know um, more than I focusing on this, but I heard like, you know, money could is like the number one, like um, reason couples will <laughs> have arguments or different areas like that. So it's very interesting to hear the different angles that you have with that. And so then um, with that, I guess in a way it, it has a different reasoning, but what made you then decide, I guess, to be an entrepreneur with this and uh, kind of make this something like a service you could offer people? How did you kind of take that background knowledge and make it applicable, I guess?
1: Great question. Um, so after my graduation, I actually received a job offer here in Texas, where we're at now at Texas State University. And I, they're a teaching-focused college. So I felt really good about disseminating this knowledge to students uh, but there is still a, a pretty big emphasis on the research. Uh, research is mm-hmm. phenomenal. You can do a lot of research and you publish, and that's great. Mm-hmm. It's just not one of my strengths. So number one, mm-hmm. I knew that I was I was really trying to do my best there, and it just it wasn't my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was doing it as part of the job. Number two, I'll spare you all the gory details. But academia is messy. It's political. It is uh, hard uh, to get anything published uh, unless you're really writing on the coattails of others for a while. And I just didn't have that situated, um, nor did I have you know, the great writing skills that are needed. So uh, about two years into that uh, job, I realized, actually about a year into it, I started making plans to exit academia so that I could get the knowledge out to people. Um, You can publish something in a journal and you might get some academics clapping and and patting you on the back, but most of the public doesn't know about research. They don't know, even with Google Scholar, as great as it is, it, it gives access to so many people. People don't really care what the research is because there's so much information. They don't know how to actually search it through and find out what is correct, what's not correct until they go to the academy and get a graduate degree a lot of times before they can really decipher what's truth, what's not, what's not bias, what is bias, what's politically motivated, what is not. So I made the conscious decision to say, all right, I'm going to go and um, consult with business owners because I'm going to affect their business. I'm going to help them with their time, their money, their relationships with their health and really get, uh, the opportunity to to meet one on one with them and to help them through this process that changes their life. Um, I'll leave the research to the researchers, but everything I do, all of my programs that I've created, um, are research based. And that I think is is what my what a good colleague of mine in my graduate degree cohort said. Hey, at least you know the language. You speak the language of academia. You can understand it, and that has given me a great um, leg up because there's a lot of people out there with life hacks, time hacks, relationship hacks. And to be honest, they might be hacks. (laughs) Uh, But at at least having the background that I have now, I can point to the research. I can point to the principles that come from that body of knowledge, but -hmm. being able to take it and bring Mm -hmm. it to the world. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I actually really like how you made that um, tie in with that because <laughs> like you said now we could do so much research online and I, I was trying to research things on you know it was like fitness and like hormonal balance or whatever and then some people are saying some of these herbs that are being suggested there's actually no research that proves that they do anything and I think like you said because I did Go to university, I did do research papers, it brings you this whole other world of studying that you wouldn't normally ever use um, if not for those academic institutions. But, like you said, that bridge between academia and like the real world is often <laughs> where the difficulty is. There's like so much knowledge and it's not being brought to the public. So, I like how exactly. you address that. And then For you then, what was kind of the scariest moment then in launching this business idea and how did you overcome it?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I knew after the first year, uh, I loved the teaching. I loved doing what I was doing. Um, And I was doing a lot of this part-time to actually get research data. And that was exciting. That was the exciting Mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. But I knew when... uh, this wasn't headed the direction I wanted to, that I, I made the decision and sat down with my wife and I said, you know, honey, we've got to make this decision. We've got to leave this the comfort of this job so that I can do the things I really want to do. And she was on board 100%. Hey, let's make this happen. Um, you know, we've, we've sacrificed a lot to get you here. Let's, let's make sure that you're doing what, you know, what your dreams are, what your purpose is. And, I hearken back to, before I went back to school, my father passed away at age 49 very suddenly mm-hmm. and left our entire family with, without really any um, answers. Um, he died of a heart attack. And I searched and searched and researched health and wellness and motivation and stress and all these things through my graduate school and it really gave me the purpose and the drive to kind of figure out, well, what can I do better? How can, how can I you know, not uh, have a heart attack at age 49? I turn 40 next month. Yay. Uh, but, uh, so I'm creeping up there. But I was 26 at the time. And quite honestly, mm. I was scared to death. And mm. during this process of trying to look for answers, we didn't really have a whole lot of um, knowledge, who didn't have a, a, a will or a trust that was left behind. So I was helping my mom through all of this. And during that, I actually had a, quite a spiritual experience. It was kind of a spiritual awakening for me to realize mm-hmm. that after I wrote my father's, um, I, I wrote his obituary, mm-hmm. I realized that he actually became the person that he was sent to earth to become. And I realized Mm. at age 26, I'm like, "Ah, I'm not really on that path. Like, I'm helping Mm. people. I'm doing things professionally. But there are things in my personal life that were not adding up in my relationship, in my health. And my wife and I have actually, while I've gone to school, Mm -hmm. her and I have experimented with plant-based eating, with homeschooling, um, with deeper spiritual uh, relationships, with improving our own relationships and ridding ourselves of all of these things. So while I'm learning about it, we're practicing it in our own incubator here at home. And Mm. then with those tests, with that knowledge, it really allowed me to have the conviction Mm. and the confidence that if we could do it, if we could change our health, our relationships, our financial situation, then we can help others to do the same. And I think that was a big thing. If I couldn't walk the walk, and I could just know the research, I don't think I would have been ready to jump out into self-employment and have the confidence that I had.
0: Hmm. That's very cool. It's very um, yeah, unique perspective on, <laughs> on why you wanted to launch. And I know this question is kind of similar, but um, a little different, like logistically then, what was your biggest obstacle in launching this business? And kind of making that audience understand what you're trying to offer them.
1: Any entrepreneur is part crazy <laughs> and uh, you know, part logical, there was some logic to it. Um, I knew when my contract would then expire. So I had six months to figure out, okay, here was my business model. And my wife and I, I actually drug her with me to, uh, you know, to a training course. It was a 12 week course uh, put on by actually by my own church. Hmm. And it was an entrepreneurial course. I have my certificate right up here on the wall, right below my PhD and hmm. master's certificates there. But it was a 12 week course that really was taught by business uh, minds that could hmm. recreate it and just facilitate a group getting together every week to discuss their business ideas, how to launch it, how to get financing for it, creating a business plan. So I did my due diligence. Mm -hmm. And not only did I have this accountability as a group, but my wife was, she was so excited. She was, all right, how are you doing? What are you doing? What's your next steps? And she knew all along what we were getting into. And quite honestly, I think this is a big problem for a lot of married business owners. They may see that, okay, here's my business life. Here's my personal life. And they're two separate things, which, yeah, we need to separate that time and probably not bring a lot of that stress from either one. However, when it comes to supporting each other, it's good to share in the joys, it's good to share in the downs because you can support each other. There's a lot of good research out there that does support this. Uh, When couples are supportive of each other, they're gonna help through these time periods. And I can honestly say, if my wife wasn't there, helping, supporting, even through the incubator time of the business, I think I probably would have had to go back to the drawing board and found another job and gone back to academia and got a teaching job someplace, whatever. She was very instrumental uh, in this process. and But through that process, I also hired three coaches. <laughs> wow. I invested heavily. Here I am. Yeah. I invested in my own PhD program, paid for it, got scholarships and things, but still brought my family. So I have a pretty, you know, a big student loan debt that I still am chipping away at. Mm-hmm. But I still had some savings built up that mm-hmm. I invested into coaching mm-hmm. because I knew that while I have a great business idea, getting it out there, getting it to the market, getting it into, you know, channels that made sense, it still just wasn't clicking. And mm-hmm. so I hired a couple of coaches that helped me to change my mentality and gave me the tools I needed so that I could make my first sale, uh, mm-hmm. I could get the business going, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't starve, because uh, yes. we, uh, we had a sizable savings, we had plans, but it, nothing really, the business isn't really gonna be effective and productive until you start making sales, until you start bringing clients in, and I was fortunate, That after i did all this hard work within six months we were on a path to replacing my income uh, on a six figure scale and it's it's continued
0: that's so awesome to hear i love that you mentioned that too because um Like even for me, I just launched this podcast this year and it's been amazing to see all the people I've met, but definitely through connecting with other people, having some people give me advice, I've met gotten more guests like yourself. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I'm also... I have like a life coach and I'm trying to get a coach for the sales part too, because I'm more of a content creator. So it's totally necessary and helpful to actually get to where you want to go. So really excited to hear that's happening for you and congratulations. (laughs) That is a big investment. And so I guess, I know you kind of mentioned it before, but when you created this brand, what were you hoping then to really offer the industry that you felt wasn't already there?
1: So there's a lot of life coaches out there, and I kind of mentioned this, a lot of people are life hacks, but, or they give, they give life hacks, but they might be life hacks. They, they may not uh, um, actually line up in their own personal life, uh, mm-hmm. at least striving. Um, I don't think a life coach would have to be perfect at life. But if you mm-hmm. have a life coach who is uh, divorced and um, having a really hard time in their own relationship, trying to give you relationship advice, it's difficult um it's difficult to understand if you have someone who's overweight and doesn't work out and they're telling you go to the gym and for you to eat healthy it's a disconnect right and and so i think it's really important that as i was going out into this this world uh, most people would say well okay you're a life coach like yes yes i do help people to achieve their life's goals and i call it living life on purpose because of my experience with my father hit me so hard. I realized that I needed to take off these shackles of just being in the financial world. And I got rid of my licenses and everything and got rid of those handcuffs that were there so that I could help people in all areas of life. And yeah, I think most people would say, okay, Travis, you're you're a life coach. And, And yes, I am. But as I did a lot of the research, and I wanted to help business owners to really be able to get to spend time with their family. I realized that uh, 71 hours a week is the average amount that a business owner spends at work. 71 hours. Now, past 40 hours a week is what a lot of uh, people would call, you know, being a workaholic. But in our society in America, eh, we don't we don't really care about that. That's kind of like, oh yeah, I'm a workaholic. And we wear it with the badge of honor almost. Definitely. Um, so I was trained on how to help people manage time. And I integrated that with um, couples. So I primarily work with married business owners, uh, really married men who want to spend more time with their wife, their children. And I teach them how to actually manage their time and then create boundaries so they don't just become productive and fill it more with more you know, ideas and things to do, because they will if they're a workaholic. Mm-hmm. But then I involve the spouse. That way I can help with their relationship. And I can also help the spouse to help the workaholic who really is probably addicted to working <laughs> to make time for them. And it works phenomenal. The clients that I brought through my coaching and my online training program, there's really three phases. The first one is goals. The second one is managing your time. And then the third is being able to be accountable to your spouse. Once the ones that bring in their spouse, the ones that allow that process to happen, they continually make progress. The ones that just get to that third stage and are like, yeah, but I can't get my wife on board or they don't even try, they kind of are stuck in their progress. And they might get you know some productivity uh, tips and some new habits, but they don't really make the breakthrough. When they can make the breakthrough, then I can teach them as a married couple how to improve their health, how to improve their relationship, and how to fix their financial mess. <laughs> and those are my specialties.
0: Very cool. So you really take that holistic approach of like, let's deal with those basic roots, like that foundation. How's your time? How are you guys communicating so that you can then give them more value? Very, very cool. And um, what are the initiatives then that you took to create your brand?
1: Really good uh, question here because in creating a brand, you really want to make something that's greater than you. You want a theme, an idea that will last, so you can leave a legacy. And I was working with my coach on this, and we were talking about different ideas. And he said, you know what, Travis, don't think about this too hard. Pick something that, you know, if you want to later on, you could change. And, you know, but pick the essence of what it is you're doing. And while there are so many people out there teaching time management, productivity, and you know being able to um, be really good with time blocking and all these tips that people give about time management, the thought came to me, I don't just help people with time management, I help them to make time for all of these areas of life that I just introduced, um, that we all deal with, that every single January, people are making goals with their health, their relationships, and the, with their wealth. Okay. Mm -hmm. But what they don't realize is in order to achieve those goals, they can't just manage time. They have to make it. The people that learn to make time for their goals, they're the ones that achieve it. Everybody else makes resolutions or Mm -hmm. think they're setting goals, but until they actually put on their calendar, the things they want to accomplish It's just wishful thinking we used to say, and a lot of other big thinkers used to say, you know, a a wish is something not written down, but a goal is written down. And I would say, eh, that's a really good construction of a goal, but a goal actually isn't achieved and isn't really committed to until you put time towards it and making time, uh, was really what resonated with me. And it just sounded funny at first, but the more I started using it, the more I use it as my theme. Now I have the Make Time podcast. I have a Make Time moment. I have the Make Time uh, you know, YouTube uh, moments I have on, on, on YouTube. And I've just, I made that my mantra of we don't manage time, we make it.
0: Very cool. Um yeah, I think at the end too, and I'm sure you can send that to me afterwards, I'll definitely want to have that for the audience because I'm always looking for new podcasts to listen to. And so I will sure. definitely check that out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, my last question here for you is, what do you value the most about being an entrepreneur?
1: This life, no matter what country you live in, no matter where you are in the universe, Really revolves around the time that we have. Mm -hmm. Time is ultimately what is equal. Doesn't matter race, color, creed, religion, um, demography, where you live, where you've grown up, any of your background, we all have the same thing in common. We have 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. How we use that time is our freedom. Mm -hmm. Now, based on where we live, based on our culture, based on laws, rules, governments. I'm a sociology major in my undergrad, so we could talk about government. But, <laughs> yeah. but the reality is, it's that time that gives us freedom to follow mm-hmm. our dreams. Mm-hmm. And I am blessed to have, to have been born in this country, to live in this country. And while there's things that I don't agree with um, all over the world, I still believe this is one of the freest countries in the history of the world. And that allows me to have the ability to buy this microphone, to start a podcast, to help other people and really um, live my calling, my professional calling um, through my work. Most people don't have that ability in the world. So Mm -hmm. so I see it not just as me following my passion, uh, as much as I also see it uh, as a way for me to, um, basically live my responsibility, have all this freedom, and therefore I should share that responsibility in helping other people find theirs. Um, I really do believe that. That's not just something I'm making up. It's at the core of me. And I believe that that is what is at the essence of living your life on purpose, which is my motto. Um, When we can manage our time and we can make time for those things that are truly important for us and we live that, then at the end of our lives like I was able to do with my father, I could look back on what he, not just accomplished, but the person that he became. And I can say to myself, I did it. I accomplished my purpose. I lived it and I loved it. And I thoroughly enjoy helping others discover that, make time for it and accomplish that through their lives.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. That's so great to hear. And I'm sure that message will resonate with so many people in our audience. Uh, Thank you so much, Travis, for all the knowledge and the wisdom you shared today. Um, I'm just going to give you another chance if you have any um, projects or events coming up that you could share with the audience.
1: So if you go to my website, it's travisperry.com or maketimeinstitute.com. I'll send those links over to you, but Travis Perry with an A or maketimeinstitute.com. Um, right there on the home page is an article of how to create your ideal calendar. It's five steps, it's pretty easy. Um, it's designed for financial advisors, self employed people, business owners, anybody out there who manages their own time to be able to make an ideal calendar so that they can follow their business dreams. They can follow their personal dreams and join us on the Make Time podcast. There, you can find out more information and um, hopefully, you can download that to, uh, the ideal calendar article for free. And use it and look forward to staying connected with y'all.
0: Awesome! So, thank you so much again, Travis. I'll be sure to give your socials and the links to that for the audience in the show notes. And thank you so much for sharing with us um, the importance of managing your time today.
1: Thanks for having me on Fian.